The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Uptrich Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Hello, everybody. Welcome. You might be listening live on 1150 AM KKNW in the Seattle area or on TransformationTalkRadio.com around the world or on Facebook Live on my professional page or on Transformation Talk Radio's page. You might be listening after the fact, but wherever and whenever you're joining us from today, really grateful you're here today. I'm really excited about our guest um, because we are going to be talking about manifestation in a slightly different way that I bet many of you have never considered, even if you are so-called experts in manifestation techniques. Uh, but f- before we move forward with her, I'd like to say hello to the people behind the technology for whom I'm so grateful. Benny Mathers at KKNW. Hey, Benny. Hi, Christine. I'm bringing it all in. I'm manifesting. I'm doing all this. Right. I'm feeling it. And I'm there. Okay. Happy early Easter. Well, happy Easter, early Easter to you too, by the way, Christine and the family. Happy Easter. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, hello, yeah. Olivia TTR. Hi, Christine. How's it going? Good. Thank you. Uh, I, I'm going to work to manifest really good connection here because I'm having some issues right now. And well, sorry about that. it's working actually. So yeah, <laughs> well, keep it I going. Talk to the, the powers that be. <laughs> keep it going. And I'm always thanking you guys behind the technology, but I also want to thank Kyle, who is behind getting, reaching out and getting these guests and, and getting all the information to everywhere it needs to be. And I'm grateful to her as well. And I'm grateful to our guest today because we are going to be talking about, about manifestation in a slightly different way. Um, we're going to be talking to Christy Whitman. She's a transformational leader, a celebrity coach, New York Times bestselling author of The Art of Having It All. She's appeared on the Today Show and the Morning Show, and has her work's been featured in People Magazine, Seventeen, Women's Day, Hollywood Life, and Teen Vogue, among others. She's the CEO and founder of the Quantum Success Learning Academy and Quantum Success Coaching Academy, a 12-month-long Law of Attraction coaching certification program. And she's got a new book coming out, and I'm so grateful that she's here just a couple of weeks before it launches, and I want you guys to pay attention to this. It is called The Desire Factor. I don't know if that's backwards for you or not, but it's got a very colorful cover with lots of colorful waves. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Christy Whitman. Hi, Christy. Hi, Christine. Thank you so much, Christine. I'm looking forward to our conversation. So am I. And, and, um, you know, I've read many, many books on manifestation, played with manifestation. I've taught conscious manifestation. And I tell you that, and I'm, I'm being completely honest, not just like buttering you up because you're our, our guest today, but I, I feel that this book adds another layer, another takes it up another level. And it's so clear with great exercises and great explanations that if anybody asks, this 
is going to be my the book that I recommend that people want to learn about manifestation. And I love what you're doing here. You call it the desire factor. And the subtitle is how to embrace your materialistic nature to reclaim your full spiritual power. And I, I think about how we have been conditioned to think that when we have desires, particularly if it's a desire for something materialistic, there's a certain shame associated with it. There's a certain um, self-judgment because, oh, we're not supposed to be materialistic. And you've got a different perspective. So I want to ask you, you know, you've been teaching conscious manifestation in a variety of ways for many years. What prompted you to write this new book? Well, Christine, all of my books are downloaded. So all of them, it's like automatic writing. It comes from a higher place. This time around, I know where it came from. It's the Council of Light, and it was literally just downloading. But this idea before everything even just came into fruition, I was on a cruise ship. And I was on this cruise ship in the middle of the Mediterranean, and I just gotten off of, you know, came back on, on the ship from a beautiful day in Venice. And I'm sitting there and I'm holding this beautiful Dolce & Gabbana purse. And as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking about the journey that got me to be in this beautiful suite on this amazing cruise ship, holding this purse. And I thought about the day that I just had. I was with my mom and my dad, my two sons, my husband. We'd spend this beautiful morning in St. Marcos Square and celebrated my dad's birthday. And there was a band that sang happy birthday to him. And then my parents and my kids went back on the ship. And my husband and I, we were having our time. And our time meant I was going to go into any shop I wanted to. And I was going to get myself a purse because six years later, or six years prior to that, or earlier than that, I had gone on a trip to Italy with my parents and my boyfriend at the time, who was my husband now, uh -huh. and we went to Venice for the first time. And I've always loved fashion. I've always been lit up by fashion. Even as a little girl, I'd like to put little outfits together. I don't know why, it's just something uh -huh. I love. My sister used to say, you're so shallow. And I'm like, why? Because I like matching things together, right? And so it oh, started- it's a, very, it's a very creative pursuit. Yes, but it started then, right? It's like I was materialistic and I was so I was so I was so shallow because I liked matching a little purse with my shoes going for Easter. You know, like but think about that. Put the Easter hat on and I was all dolled up as a little girl and she'd be like, "Ugh, get over yourself," right? But so here <laughs> here I am. This is like years prior. This is 15 years ago. We go to we we go to Italy for a two-week trip and we spent 3 days in Venice. And the first day that we went into Venice, I'm with my my boyfriend. And I see for the first time Dolce and Gabbana and Dior and Fendi and Chanel. And it's like Versace and Valentino. I am like, like, it just, oh my God, I've died and gone to heaven. This is amazing. And like a little hummingbird, I'm going from one store to the next and just so excited. And I had just started my business full time as a coach. There was no way I could even justify buying a purse or anything in these stores at the time. And I remember turning to Frederick and I said, you know what, someday I'm going to come back to Venice and I'm going to buy myself whatever purse I want to as a symbol of the success, right? Okay, so for, for those people who don't know about the labels you just mentioned, um, they're very expensive labels. How much was the purse that you liked? $3,000. <laughs> for some people paying a hundred dollars for a purse is a lot. Right. 
So this whole t- conversation is not about a purse and it's not about what you pay for a purse. It's about, this was my desire factor. And there's a lot of women that love that. And there's other women that could care less about that. So I'm getting sure. to the point in the minute, but here's, here's where I was. Now I'm back on that cruise ship. I'm holding, I just had a beautiful day with my husband. We went into different shops. He's so wonderful and patient. I found that perfect purse. It wasn't $3,000, it was a thousand. And <laughs> I decided on this particular purse And I'm sitting there holding this purse. And what came next was, you're so shallow. You're so materialistic. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, I just literally gifted my parents a trip to the Mediterranean on this beautiful cruise ship with my family. We've had these beautiful days. This is a symbol of who I became from that day I declared and intended that I wanted to come back to Italy, Uh in Venice in particular, to buy whatever I wanted. This was a symbol of that journey and all the lives that have been impacted by the success of my business. And it wasn't like, I'm just, you know, it's like, I, I generously donated a lot of money. I generously gift a lot of money. I've changed people's life. This, if this is my symbol of success, why is that wrong? Mm -hmm. And that's just it is that's what started this whole download is that why is anything in this world considered materialistic? Therefore it's wrong. Well, it's based on our earlier upbringing. It's based on a lot of religious beliefs because when you really think about it, Christine, Everything is energy to, yeah. to manifest anything, whether it's a relationship or a new car or a house or a business or a success of any kind, everything is energy and all forms are created based on the energy first. And right. so since everything is energy, which means everything is divine, uh-huh. then isn't the things that are material divine? Isn't that purse that I was holding, wasn't that a divine idea from Dolce & Gabbana to be creative and Uh to create that particular purse that lit me up to say, that's the purse? Uh That was Dolce & Gabbana being in their creative genius. Yes. Yes. And I was a perfect match for it. Right. And and it's funny because last night as I was eating my meal, I I was thanking um, the sun, the rain, the people who harvested the food, the, you know, like people at the store, people who, who shipped it. And when you think about the purse, it's like, yes, it was the, this creative design. There were people who worked hard to manufacture it. Um, there were people who shipped it. There were stores there. So people could go in and admire the beauty and sometimes buy some things. Um, and they're within this gorgeous setting in Italy. So it's, it's the sort of thing where there's, there's a, a lot that you can honor from one material thing. Absolutely. And it, for someone else, that's why it's called the desire factor, right? It's like, it's not about getting purses. It's about whatever desire we have when it comes from this place where it just comes internally, when you feel so excited about something and so lit up about something and that you literally become the person that attains it. Let's be clear. I didn't want this purse so that I could be liked or approved of so I could fit in so I can compete with somebody else. That's not why I wanted this purse. That uh-huh. came from me as a, oh, I love that. Oh my God, the feel, the smell, the beautiful craftsmanship. I mean, it was in me. And so the motivation to be able to have something that comes in as a desire, when we, again, it could be something immaterial, but sure. why is the immaterial 
okay, but the material is not when everything is included in the oneness and the wholeness of the divine creation. Right. Oh, that's so important. And it also like when, when it, when it, it arrives, the manifestation that you desired arrives, whether it's a person without whatever else, um, that's validation of what a powerful creator you are. Yes. You know that, and, and, um, it's, it was symbolic of, of where you went from point A to point B or point Z, whatever, you know, that it, that, and, and that's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. That's what the divine is interested in, but we have these religious beliefs, right? I mean, it starts with Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden, right? I, I used to think of a God as someone that was outside of me, that was out, kind of like Santa Claus sitting on a cloud judging me. Oh, is she being good or bad? Is she right. naughty or nice? Is she going to go to heaven or to hell? Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so that was the relationship. I like a fearing kind of thing. Well, what I have now come to understand in my spiritual journey for 25 years is that the divine God, whatever you want to call it, that energy loves and adores us unconditionally and mm-hmm. wants to provide generously to us. And so if an apple is created, that that God, that divine isn't going, you got this beautiful apple, you can't eat it. It's going to say, I've created an apple for you, eat it, enjoy it. Yeah. And those stories kind of mess with us. Because even, you know, when you really think about it, every single person desires to have enough money so that they can make choices, feel free, but yet there's so many people that were split on this thing called money because even in the Bible, it says for it's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. So let's really mess with people's minds. Let's really mess with them because long before you and I were ever conceived or born, somebody agreed that there's this thing called money. That's the medium of exchange, right? Mm -hmm. This is considered a material thing, but in order for you to have that plate of food that you ate last night, right? In order for us to have a roof over our heads, we need this thing called money. Money is free coupons, right? Sure. Sure. But we're not supposed to love it. We're not supposed to appreciate it. And, and um, in my upcoming book, the top 20 myths about spirituality, myth number eight is that essentially that um, money is not spiritual. And that quote in the Bible, you know, that it's not that money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money is the root of all evil, but it's not really love. It's attachment, which is different than love. If we can love and honor and respect what money represents, the energy of other people um, and our own energy expended, whether it's creative energy, time, um, the natural resources of our planet, then it is a divine representation of this flow and this exchange, which is nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to be hated to be celebrated. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But without the, the attachment that um, have to have it, got to hold it. It's mine, mine, mine sort of thing, but rather it's representative of this, this flow. It, it is. It's representative of the, you know, blue, the blueprint of our divine design of abundance for us uh-huh. to be able to have free will and choice, to be creative, to, yeah. to live how we want to live and not to be because suffering and drama and chaos and lack and all that, that's not of the divine. Mm-hmm. And, and it always feels bad to us because it's not who we naturally are. 
Uh-huh. Yet so many have those imprints and those early trainings. I mean, even it even has Buddhists who say that desires are the root of suffering. Mm. Well, yeah, if you have a desire and you think that you can't have it, that's uh-huh. suffering, right. <laughs> right? right? But if you have a desire that you feel good about and you follow the steps in the desire factor, have joyful expectancy about it, you actually love it, you are the feeling of having it, you're surrendering, like you said, the attachment to it, you're taking yep. the action that's, just, you know, all of that, and you manifest that desire, the process, it's never about the end, right? That purse, it was like, okay, have I, it's somewhere, it's in my closet, right? It wasn't about the purse. It was who I became in the journey to that moment. And it really wasn't even about the purse. It was that moment of just feeling free to go into any store I wanted to, to purchase whatever I wanted to with my husband, you know, and then have that beautiful day in Venice. That's what I remember. It's not really about the purse. And I, I, I love that. I'd love you to expand upon this. You talk about this in your book about um, how desire and manifestation relate to becoming, to becoming more of who you are. Can you share with our listeners a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So always what happens is if we're here and our desire is over here, right? So for those of you on the can't see me, it's like point A to point B and there's like a gap between the two, right? Well, who you become vibrationally to have what this thing, the, the point B, what the desire is, you have mm-hmm. to raise in your vibration, which means you have to raise, right, you know, rise up in your consciousness, which means mm-hmm. that you have to release the blocks, the limitations, all the things that are standing in your way between you, right. where you are now in the attainment of the desire. That is energetic growth. That is spiritual growth. So mm-hmm. it is the material stuff money you were talking about. I love the title of your book and I look forward to reading it. Money is a amplifier, but money is one of those things. It's like a spiritual teacher Mm because it teaches you where are you out of alignment with the flow of abundance and well-being and success and love. And, you know, where are you restricting all the good that the divine has for you? Mm -hmm. And it's funny because it doesn't mean that everybody needs or wants the same amount of money because we have different desires. Exactly. And, and it's the sort of thing where, um, you know, the, I find that there are people who really want some, something that costs money and they can't seem to get it. And, but they're busy judging people with money, judging people with the very abundance that they want to at least attain part of. And it's like, they're, they're in energetic conflict with what it yes. is they want to create. Yes. I call that having split energy, right? I want it, but oh, you know, I can't have it. So let me judge and condemn others that do because I can't have it. And if it's you funny. Read, I call it split vibration. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It is. It's like, I want it, but I can't have it. And uh-huh. that, yeah, that's suffering. When you feel pulled apart, when you feel that you are in two totally different places, that the deep, bigger, deeper part of you wants something and is calling you forth something, but you have a belief that you can't have it, that is suffering. So when you have a desire, how can you tell if it's really from that, that deep place within versus something you think you should have or that society tells you you should have? Um, how, how do you know if something's a true desire? It feels good. 
It just feels good. When you think about it, it's like, oh, I would love to do that. I would love to have that. I'd love to experience that. I'd love to be that. I'd love to, whatever it is, you feel that sense of expansion just with the idea of it, right? Uh It's, It's very different. I wrote about in the desire factor, how even to the process of creating the desire factor, I had resistance from a couple of my literary agents, right? And so here I am, right? It's like, I want the success of this book to impact so many people and to be able to really get that it's like, it's embracing all of it and understanding the true step-by-step process of manifestation. So more people can get off of being, you know, mired in the contrast and what we don't want and really open up to the spiritual power that we all have. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's a part of me that could go, I want this book to be successful because I want to rub it in their noses and say, ha, you wouldn't represent my book and look how successful it got. Right. Yeah. That doesn't have any energy. If that was my motivation for this book to be successful, it, it would, it doesn't have the whole entire thrust of the divine energy behind yeah. it. It's revenge. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's soul-based and not ego-based. And yet the desires can come within the form of the ego's desire for something. But if it's, if it's something that connects to the soul on some level, some level, at least at the very least the expansion to get there, then, then that, that makes sense that that's, that's a true desire. Yeah. Well, let's talk about ego because ego gets okay. a really bad rap, right? When the, divine, when the Yeah. When the divine was creating all of us, individuating our own consciousness, it mm-hmm. wanted to create someone, something with very different conditions and personality and talents and skill sets and all of these different things. Right. And so it knows its audience. It gives the desire to someone that will go, Oh yes. Right. It knows us better than we know ourselves. I have a perfect example, Marianne Williamson, who most people know, and this Uh was a desire factor for me, but I asked her for all of my books to write the endorsement for the cover of the book. Right. Uh And on this one, she's on the cover of the book. So I have a perfect example of this. I had last year and past couple of years, I had clients telling me, Christy, you should run to be the president of the United States. And I was like, Ew, no, (laughs) no, thank you. (laughs) That is not my desire factor, right? It was coming from someone else suggesting something. It did not because the divine in me knows, yeah, she's not going to take that and run with that. I'd be like, no, but Marion Williamson got that download. She got that desire and she went, yes, yes. And did everything in her power to align, to take action, to become the president of the United States. Did she become it? No. no, but who she became in the process of running for president and all the people that had her wisdom and listened to her, they, it was like sparks of light were infused in all of them to awaken right. something within them. That's yes. what the divine was interested in. Not the end result of having her become president, maybe someday. But at this point in time, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, there's two people that got a desire. One came from external, from other people, because it didn't come from the divine to me, because the divine go, yeah, she's not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, So the ego isn't like our personalities are important, right? There's things that I love and things that, things that are going to motivate me and go, yes, I love that and expand me. That wouldn't motivate somebody else. So the divine knows who the audience is. 
Right, right. And I think that the, the ego can be an important part of taking some of the action that we need to take too, because um, sometimes I think, this is just my, my perspective about uh, being spiritual. It's like, sometimes it just feels like enough not to be working to manifest anything, right? And yet the, the ego can push me forward in certain ways. Um, and yes, there's like soul energy behind it, but uh, I'd be happy up on a mountaintop somewhere, uh, you know, meditating most of the day. And yet both my soul and my ego are like saying, okay, go forward. And my ego is like, well, maybe this, maybe that. And I'm okay. You know, I'll put on the makeup to do the, the video, you know, that's, that's my ego because, you know, and, and yet it's not a bad thing because it allows my ego to relax so that my soul can come through. Exactly. It's not the ego that's the bad thing. It's the imprints along our way that we're based in limitation and lack. Those are the things pulling us back. Those are the places where we need to release those imprints, those split energy points, so right. that when we're in, I mean, when we are in just totally releasing all those pain body points and releasing all that, we become more of who we really are. We become sure more funny. We become, you know, we become more loving. We become more generous. We be all the qualities that we have inside of our own individual personalities, it becomes more, it becomes amplified because we don't have anything telling us, you know, you don't ask if you ask for something that, you know, cause our parents maybe couldn't afford something when we were kids right. and they're like, stop asking. So or didn't, like, didn't, or they thought our desire was trivial. That's another aspect. It's not just about whether or not we had access to abundance or parents had access to abundance. It's like there was shaming about the types of things that we wanted as well. Right. Like my sister saying, oh my God, you were so superficial. You're so shallow. Because uh -huh. why? Because I wanted to, per I wanted to, you know, match a purse with my shoes. Yeah. Yeah. That's part um, of my ego. That's part of the, you know, the part is fun. When I go on a date with my husband, I'm like, Ooh, where are we going? And then I'm like, Ooh, what am I going to wear? You yeah. know? Oh, I, I'm going to want to have you talk a little bit more about the various steps that you've done a great job kind of dividing this up, but we're going to go to a quick break. Stay tuned folks for more with Christy Whitman here in just a few moments. I'm Peggy Snow with another Stellar Reflections Minute. Presence, or what we think of as being fully in the moment, is a key element in the process of healing work. As a practitioner facilitating a session, genuine presence takes us out of our heads where we tend to decide what is and maybe what should be for the client and moves us into direct experience where we're available to witness the person in their wholeness. In this receptive realm, our senses are heightened and expanded, allowing us to perceive what's seeking to unfold and to interact in the moment. There's something profoundly powerful that happens when healing is approached in this simple, pure way. Balance can be restored and healing can take place on multiple levels. If you'd like more information about the services we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. When you lose a child, you find yourself part of a club that you never chose to join. There is a way to find meaning and joy in your life again. Jen Ripa has created a six-week sacred grief system, helping you let go of grief, heal with compassion, and understand what's available to you in the rest of your life. 
It can feel scary acknowledging that a part of you wants to move forward because you're not sure how to do it in a way that honors your child. The good news is that when you allow yourself to address your grief in a multi-sensory way, you can transition from sadness, regret, and hopelessness into a life that gives you peace, joy, and meaning. Jennifer understands with deep compassion how you're feeling because she's been there. For more information about the Sacred Grief Course, visit thriveology.com. That's T-H-R-I-V-O-L-O-G-I-E dot com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Pat. Hey, are you loving Shades of Spirit Radio? Well, mark your calendars. Shades of Spirit goes live in a new time spot every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific time on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Yeah, you heard that right. Psychic medium Jamie and Spirit Walker Nicole. 5 p.m. every Wednesday. Live readings, giveaways, oracle cards, and lots of fun. So be there. Call into the show at 1-800-930-2819 and visit ShadesOfSpirit.com. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW Transformation Talk Radio and Facebook Live. Hey, everybody. I'm talking today to New York Times bestselling author Christy Whitman, and her new book is entitled The Desire Factor, How to Embrace Your Materialistic Nature to Reclaim Your Full Spiritual Power. So Christy, I know that you've laid things out in, in neat sort of categorical steps, and we've talked a lot about desire. Once we feel this desire to manifest you know, whatever it is, whether it's a relationship or um, a house or the right purse, you know, whatever it is in the material world, what do we do after that? Well, there are these seven sequential principles and steps and they, it's like a padlock, right? If you have numbers out of order when you're trying to open up a lock, it's not going to open. And I think that's why a lot of people that have been manifesting or working with principles of manifestation for a long time feel very frustrated because they're maybe surrendering way before they need to be. And, and it's important to know what these steps are. So to, to answer your question, when you get this deep desire it's time to not necessarily take any action in that moment, but first make sure that you align with it. We were talking about split energy earlier. If you've got, oh, I'd love to do that, but I can't do that. The voice that says, but I can't do that, that's what we have to shift, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really right. understanding energy mastery and understanding like, oh my gosh, I would love this. I would love, well, that's so shallow. Well, where's that voice coming from? Uh -huh. Right. Where, where is, where is that thought? Where is that perspective? And when you, if you look at, 
emotions, energy is like a spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. On one side of the spectrum, you have lack, limitation. On the other side of the spectrum, you have abundance. Well, you've got that tipping point that has to go from the vibration of lack into abundance and that mm -hmm. satisfaction. And so anytime we have thoughts, words that we say, our language, um, sure. our perspective, even emotions that are on the side of lack, that's mm -hmm. going to cause the split energy. So fear, doubt, mm -hmm. worry, all of those things. We need to come into alignment with what we want. So we get this desire, we feel the pull, maybe we have that part of us as an obstacle. If we come back in alignment by changing our thoughts, by changing our words, by processing mm -hmm. the fear, the emotions, now we're in alignment with it. That is the most important mm -hmm. principle is the principle of alignment. Yeah. And I, and I also think about having resistance sometimes because what I think I want to manifest isn't exactly what I want to manifest. Or I, I like, for instance, um, I left my marriage seven, eight years ago and um, I have a desire for a partner. And yet I also really like my alone time, my, my privacy. And so I thought I've been sort of on this fence, like do it. And I'm thinking, oh, there's some resistance there because the way I'm defining what it is I want to manifest is in terms of what society views as appropriate or it's in terms of um, my perspective on what a relationship should look like. And it's like, well, yeah. wait a minute, I can manifest it however I want, right? You know, you can and, have and, it all. Right. But that resistance has been very illuminating for me that there's just a piece of it that, um, I was not in alignment with. Yeah, exactly. And that happens, right? Because if we want something new, whatever is in the way of not having it is going to come up to reveal it. And, it, and for you to say, yeah. oh, I want a partner, but I really appreciate my downtime and quiet time. Does it mean you have to be fused 24 seven with the person? No. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's like there's, there's, there's so many shades of gray, you know, our, our very young limiting thinking is very black and white. It's this way or that way. And that, those are the things that imprint us. And when we can understand that, wait, you know what? There's solutions here. There's options and choices here that I haven't even thought about because right. when I partner with the divine, the divine has a whole different perspective than mm -hmm. I have in my limited mind, right? But understanding that who gave me that desire, it was the divine. So mm -hmm. if I flow with the energy of, oh my gosh, I would love that. That would feel right. so great. The next part of it, once you're in alignment, is the focus. And mm -hmm. focus is all about, you know, we have our free will and choice. Sure. We cannot not focus. We're either focused on what we don't want or we're focused on what we do want. And our focus needs to be on the desire. That's where we get in. And it's not just this part. It's not just the mindset. It's the full embodiment. Because there's a lot of mindset coaches out there that don't talk about emotions, right? And, and they're focusing... Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's like it's, it's, a, it's a an end game there that you get stuck because yeah. you have not engaged that the power of the emotions yeah exactly so the mind yes we have this mental faculty right it can be creative it can visualize it can have imagination we want to evoke that in the process of creation absolutely it's an important part we don't want to negate any of it that's why the book is how to embrace your materialistic nature to you know to really feel your full spiritual power, everything, brace all of it, the contrast and the, the, the lack so that you can understand what you don't want. So you can bring in what you do want, right? It's like 
if you feel like you said, you know, hey, I want this, but I feel this. Well, to negate the that part only creates more resistance. It's yes. looking at that going, hey, where's that coming from? Right. Is that society telling me that I have to be fused with this person 24-7? I can't have my privacy mm-hmm. and I can't have my time. Uh-huh. Right. So with focus, I one of the things I, I hear a lot of people who teach conscious, conscious manifestation techniques talk about is focusing over and over and over again. And it's almost like there's, they attach this fear that if you don't do it enough, don't do it often enough, uh, or don't even go into great, great enough detail, then somehow you're going to mess up and the universe isn't going to come through. What's your perspective (laughs) on that? No, if it feels like work and it doesn't feel good, you're evoking, it doesn't feel good in it. You're evoking an energy. You want it to feel good. You want to be consistent, right? Uh But more importantly, you want to consistently focus. But what the focus is really about is that you're not focusing on what you don't want. Right. Because when you're, when you're focusing on something, you're like, oh, I got to focus more or else at the feet. And that now you're evoking fear that the manifestation is not going to happen. That's the resistance we have to refocus from. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, it's not about, okay, you need to spend this amount of time every day doing this. And you know, it, if that feels like work and it doesn't feel good and it's right. not a one size fits all thing, right? Uh-huh. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And um, I know that some people like to compartmentalize things like visualization, meditation, and others are more organic in their approach to the, the connection with the, you know, the soul and spirit and, um, you know, with the sort with manifestation, I tend to be more organically inclined because I don't feel freedom and expansion within the context of have tos or it needs right. to look like this. So yes, it makes sense that it, it one size does not fit all. No. And you, you just mentioned something brilliant. It's have tos, ought to, should, that doesn't go in manifestation. That's one of those, those languaging patterns that are based in lack and limitation. I created this whole entire uh, free program. It's a 30 day program, video program Mm -hmm. called Watch Your Words. You could go to watchyourwords.com, but it Mm -hmm. literally is a video a day, two to four minutes that tells you words and phrases that we absolutely must eliminate from our vocabulary, why, and then what to say instead. So words like, yeah, words like should, ought to, have to, try, can't, Mm -hmm. these are just some of the words that literally are like little anchors or like in this case, we're moving towards we want and what we want. And then those split our energy. And Uh as it says in the Bible, right? In the beginning, there was the word. Our language starts every part of creation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because then the thoughts, go ahead. So tell me the website again, where it was located. Watchyourwords.com. Watchyourwords.com. Okay, great. So, and that's free and you can enjoy that as a gift. So, so yeah, I mean, that, that's part of the focus, right? It's like, when you really think about what we have influence on in this universe, mm-hmm. it's our consciousness. And what is our consciousness? It's the language that we, vocabulary that we use, the words that uh-huh. we use. It's the thoughts that we think. It's the perspective, right? The ex- expectations of belief, right? Sure. The emotions that we either feel or don't feel. And then the actions that we take, because we can't control circumstances. We can't control other people's consciousness. Sure. Right. It's like we, when we understand that we are the creator of our life experience and that everything is energy, we're energy receivers, 
We're energy mm -hmm. transmitters. We're transmitting out energy all the time. That's how we transmit the energy out. And that's when law of attraction brings us more that match that consciousness. Okay. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I know that there are people who um, think that they're not creators, that we are not creators of our own lives. Some people are lucky. Some people are not, you know, they, they may feel victimized in one way or another. What do you have to say about that? Well, all of us have breath breathing us, right? You and I mm -hmm. haven't talked about our breath. We didn't say, okay, let's all take a deep breath, but we've been breathing nonetheless, right? right. Yes. Our, Nobody's right? blue, except for, you know, you're, you're a beautiful the top. top. Yes. That's it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, our hearts have been beating. I didn't do that. Did you sit there and go and have, do you, have you ever sat there and go, okay, heart beat, go, go, you know, no, it, it, it right. does it naturally. We have a co-creative partner with us. We have life and that life force is energy. It's the divine. After we are gone, we, that, that life leaves us. We are a shell, right? It's like, we know what happens when someone passes, but that life force goes on. That's in us right now. It's live energetic consciousness. It's in every single one of our cells. Mm -hmm. It is the creator. When you think about it, you got the sun, right? Well, we're not the, there's the sun and then there's the rays of the sun. So we're like the rays of the sun. We're not the sun. Sure. What's breathing us is those rays. We are rays of divine light. Yes. And so that part is a creator. It created heaven, earth, and all the things in it. And because it's breathing me and it's breathing you and it's breathing every single person, whether we believe it or not, is a spiritual truth that that creator is part of us and we are co-creating our life with it. Right. And, you know, from my perspective, it doesn't mean that there aren't circumstances that come up in our life that, you know, that we didn't co-create from the, the conscious human perspective that sometimes we have asked on a divine level to experience certain things. Um, do you have that same perspective that sometimes it's not just all about our, our inner human desires? Absolutely. It's, it's all about the wholeness and the oneness. And sometimes we don't even know from the human perspective, we could be really stuck in our limitations and the divine gives us a desire, has a desire for us to expand. And so uh -huh. sometimes that relationship that we thought was just, okay, I'm going to settle with this. The relationship right. goes away and we're like, what happened? But it was for mm -hmm. the betterment of our expansion. Right. I mean, the contrast with the council talks about is contrast mm -hmm. is a gift because yeah. if you look at the things, the circumstances, situations, relationships, anything that's in our, our physical world, if you, uh -huh. and those things that we don't like, it's an opportunity for us to say, okay, what's in me that created that? Because I like, do, I want to still continue to create that and having mm -hmm. it show up in our awareness. Sometimes it's a physical thing that happens like a pain sure. or, you know, that brings us awareness that, Hey, I'm in vibrational match to that, whether mm -hmm. I knew it or not, whether I created it by default or on purpose, or I totally wasn't even aware I was doing it. That contrast is a gift because Absolutely when we release the resistance or the energy that attracted it in the first place, uh -huh. now we're free because yes. this isn't an assertion based universe. There's no, like I said, God on a cloud going, ha ha ha. I'm going to take that. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. give you that. Yeah. I'm going to pull this. I, there's a lot of people who believe in the wrath of God. And it's like, 
my God's very loving parent, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so desire, focus, um, what's yes. next after focus? Joyful expectancy. Mm. You cannot. I love that. Oh, it's the best. You cannot desire something and expect to fail. You cannot desire something and expect that you don't, aren't going to be guided or that you don't know how to do it. Right. And so right. it's an expectation that the divine that's breathing me, it gave me this desire, uh-huh. knows exactly how to, to manifest it. And you get to literally, th- these are the, the first six principles are all the energetic part of it. The seventh uh-huh. pr- principle is the action. Yeah. Which is important. A lot of people kind of miss that. Yeah. You know, it is so important. We are physical. We have to take action. And here's the thing. Some action is like really big doing something action, but even putting yourself in a place where you're focusing on deliberately what you want to focus on, that's act- That's act- taking an action. Putting yourself in a place of I'm going to go meditate and I'm going to sit here and quiet my mind. We've just done an action. Uh-huh. Action is essential. It's not that compartmentalized, like go do something. It's we're we're in action all the time. Some are subtle, some are more overt, but we're acting all the time. We have to, we're the action part of this equation. If we are co-creating this relationship in this life with a divine, the divine needs us to act because it can't, Uh right? Right. But I think a lot of people often view action in terms of forcing it, right? Right. Like laying out the steps, which isn't a bad thing necessarily, but I got to do this and then I got to do that. And sometimes I found it's as simple as feeling inspired to reach out to some person and then they have a solution or they show me an opening of, of a path that I can take to get what I desire. And it's so, but I, I think people often think that action has to be kind of like the controlled planned out. Yes. sort of situation. And it doesn't have to be. And, and also one of the things that this book really talks about is that it's not hard work. Okay. Manifesting your life does not have to be a struggle and hard work. That's right? so important. It's, that was one of the biggest things for me because I saw my dad. My dad worked, he's 89 now. He worked until he was 85. He was a mechanical engineer, smartest person I've ever met, hardest working person I've ever met. And I remember as a kid, he would get up and be gone way before I would even go to school working on different projects. And he would sometimes work six, seven days a week. He was a hard worker. And this is exactly what we're talking about. He took a lot of action, but he was not aligned. You know, you want to laugh, Christine. I, I would go in his office as a little kid with my mom. And he, you know, some people have in their office the successories and, you know, all these motivational posters. He would have Murphy's Law posters if something's gonna go wrong it's gonna go wrong even worse right like whatever the movie's like he had a bunch of them and I, I remember as a little girl like going in his office going well that do- that doesn't seem good <laughs> that doesn't yeah. that doesn't uplift me right so he worked against himself he had this thing talk about joyful expectancy he expected things to fail go wrong turn bad that he yeah. expected the worst in people and guess what what you expect you get yeah. So yeah. he would have to overcompensate working hard for the, the consciousness of him expecting that things were going to fail. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know we need to get to some other steps, but before we go any further, I want to make sure our, our listeners and viewers know how they can connect with you 
and you know what it is you offer. So first of all, you go to watchyourwords.com. It's a great place to start because it's the first part of creation. So I know you're going to give everybody that. You could also go to thedesirefactor.com because as you order the book there, it's actually less expensive than the other um, online places. Uh-huh. Plus you get $900 worth of bonuses. You get three processes and meditations that are guided by the Council of Light and they're amazing. And then in May, we're actually going to do four live coaching sessions with the council where they're going to go through each of the different principles in the book. So there's a lot of really good things that you can get just by being a $15 book. Yeah, That's fabulous. Oh my goodness. That is fabulous. Okay. So desire, focus, joyful expectancy, what comes after? Having. This is an important Mm -hmm. principle because it goes back to what we talked about. If you are in lack and you, your perception is that you're lacking something and here's the rub, right? In order to desire something or know that to focus off of the contrast of what you don't want and focus on what you do want, we have the awareness that we don't have something. I don't have the partner. I don't have the health. I don't have the money. Well, then we need to pivot. That's where the focus, right? Joyful expectancy that it's coming, but we have to bring in the principle of the having. If we feel in lack of something, we're not in vibrational alignment with it. Right. And so, you know, that's the thing is that if we're not in vibrational alignment with it, we're going to keep pushing it out. And that's the thing that most people miss. You have to feel as if you already have it. That doesn't yep. mean I have the money. Let me go spend the money and get myself into trouble. That's huh. not, we're not in action yet. We're talking vibrationally. I feel the feeling of living in that new home. I feel the feeling of being in that relationship with that partner. I feel the feeling of having the baby or the business or the purse, whatever it is. I have it. Vibrationally, I'm living it. And that is such an important key because everything is vibration. Uh huh. Yeah. And the universe doesn't know. I mean, if you think in terms of having something in the future, um, it's going to be in the future. The universe can't Correct. tell the Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that the having it is in the now. Okay. So what after what comes after having? Well, this is the part, right? Next after having is the principle of loving. And this is where people get twisted because it's like, well, I want more money. Well, why do you want more money? Because I want to, you know, have a more extravagant life. I want to have more choices. I want to have more freedom. Right. And then it's like, well, then principle of love, you got to love. Well, you got to love money. It said in the Bible, this is the love of money. That's the root of all evil. How can I love money? Well, because the love, the energy of love and appreciation, the energy of love is the highest vibrational, (laughs) it's the highest vibration in the universe. It's the manifestation ray and not love. Oh, I love that you call it that. Say that again. What did you call it? Love is the manifestation ray. It's the rays of energy that come through. It's the highest vibration that we can bring in as a human being, flow it out to our desires, and then it matches it, it speed. I mean, it, 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 it shows up molecules, atoms, all things are drawn to this energy of love. Not the kind of love, like if you would just change, I'll be happy kind of human to human love. That's <laughs> that not conditional love. thing that we call love. No, no. Yeah, no. The purest vibration of love. And here's the great thing is that love can, the vibration goes higher and higher as high, you know, multidimensionality and frequency and vibration. It's never ending. Yet when you bring it in, just in that feeling of, I would love that. I would love, and it's not the money, right? 
it's the feeling of, I would love that feeling of freedom. I would love to have choices. I would love to have that. I would love to be able to start a nonprofit and give generously. I would love this. I would love that. Right. So that, that's an important principle. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what after loving is surrender. That's when we have to surrender. Mm -hmm. That's the detachment, right? That's the who, the where, the what, the how, all of that. You've aligned yourself. And now most people want to take action. They want to figure out with the mind, okay, now how? And it's the how that gets them back out of alignment. It's Mm -hmm. a, well, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm not, I don't have the clarity of what action to take yet. Right. Surrendering that over to your divine life partner. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, you, you, you're going to give me the instructions. I'm aligned here. I'm waiting and ready. You gave me the desire. I'm excited. I'm ready to receive it. I surrender it all to you in perfect timing because you're going to get it. You're going to get that inspired action. And then when you uh-huh. take it, cause that's the next principle that you, you do it to the letter. You show up with the fullness of who you are. Not like, well, I'll kind of do it. Cause maybe I'm afraid it's not going to work out. You're like, I'm there. You tell uh-huh. me to call this person. I'm calling this person. You tell me to do this. I'm doing it. It's a co-creative dance, but surrender has to come before the action. And it's, and it's not surrender from a place of, I give up, I abdicate my power. It's, Uh it's not that kind of surrender. It's a surrendering of the energy of the resistance of even the, the mind that wants to go, okay, this is my job to figure it out and do the strategies and like, let all that go, because that's, what's going to give you that clarity to be able to move forward and take that action. And it also indicates trust in our co-creative partner, which is huge because I think a lot of people don't feel that trust. Yeah, that faith. I mean, yeah. we, we cannot get more faith. You can't conjure up more faith, but we either have more faith in what we want or what we don't want. Uh-huh, yeah. So. I love this. <laughs> okay, this we've got awesome. this. We've just, we've got another minute or minute and a half left. Um, Do you have a final message for our listeners and viewers today, Christy? Yes, that you have to give yourself permission to live your best life. And and those desires are little indications, kind of like little spiritual breadcrumbs along the way in your journey. You know, you've you've come on this journey as a spiritual being, and it's like any journey. If you're going to go backpacking for a year, you know that you're going to be at these different points in your life, and you're going to prepare. Oh, I'm going to run into winter. I better send myself some boots, or maybe I'll need some snacks along the way. Spiritually, we did the same thing. And these desires are the spiritual breadcrumbs. And when you live into them, when you when you move into them, they expand you beyond our own mind can explain. And yeah. so desire- I, I love this. Yeah. And uh, the website's thedesirefactor.com. Folks, great book. Buy it there because it sounds like there are plenty of wonderful bonuses. Christy, thank you for showing up in the way that you do for others and for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Christine, for all you do. I'm looking forward to your book. Oh, thank you. And I want to thank our listeners and viewers today. I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com, where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.